0: Imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously, and every molecule in your body exploding
1: at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. With your host, Kevin Neutron, broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
0: A gigantic middle finger to everything that was rock about music, rock and roll, and power The
1: thing is, though. If you don't lie, you're gonna go on a killing screen shop and make it. It, 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 it,
0: it. Confidence of a hero
1: or a fool? I wasn't exactly certain which. Could <laughs> not be more professional. <laughs> it's I to, I do? That's okay. It means something. It means something.
0: My take, with what's yours?
1: Protonic reversal. That's like a science thing, right?
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science please. It is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only
1: protonic reversal.
0: Welcome to it. Yet another, yet another stay-at-home edition of protonic reversal thank you very much for tuning in if you're expecting the hot box tough crap if you're tuning in on podcast this happened on a sunday afternoon and you're welcome this is episode criminy i don't even know episode one (laughs) one seventy actually have no idea i don't know why i brought that up why bring something up if you're not confident on the results. That's that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, I can tell you right now, though, that we're going to have Mr. Ronnie Barnett on from the Muffs. And he's a hell of a guy. And I'm really excited to talk to him. There's a very funny story behind having him on the show. He was originally scheduled, I don't know, four years ago, something along those lines. And there was a power outage. There was a power outage. So because there was a power outage... Clearly, we decided to reschedule. That's makes sense. That's what you do, right? And then there was just a series of rescheduling problems, uh, mostly at my end. And long story short, just never happened. So very proud to have the man on the show now. I think it's going to be a great time. He's a fantastic dude, and I'm really looking forward to talking to him. It's going to be it's going to be really cool. I've I feel confident. I know I always say that, but. I feel confident. So we're going to do the normal thing. We're going to play some tunes. Uh, Again, just want to give a shout out to all the folks that have been helping out spreading the show around, letting people know it's something worth paying attention to. Uh, it, It really, it really does mean a lot. Thank you for doing that. It's how people find out about it. It's how the show grows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you are just hearing this spiel for the first time, Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, <laughs> I guess. I don't really know where I was going with that. But there's also Patreon, patreon.com slash At the time of this airing, this live airing, the Jerry Gasali episode just went out to the free feed. We're approximately 10 episodes ahead of time. So if you're looking to get the episode sooner, patreon.com slash And that will, a dollar a month will get you there. And it gets you the episodes sooner than anyone else, flat out. Uh, I got some other announcements coming up, uh, lots of exciting crap. Uh, looking forward to it. But for now, let's uh, listen to a couple Muff songs and then we'll talk to Ronnie Barnett. Looking forward to it. He's an awesome dude. You're going to enjoy this. Or my name is Conan Neutron. Chin That was the Mighty Muffs with a uh, with a Muffs Classic, Muffs Classic. Sure, I don't know what, what I'm even saying. And on the phone now we have none other than uh, the man himself, Mr. Ronnie Barnett. Ronnie, welcome to the show. Wow, th-
2: thanks for having me, Conan. Yeah, you know it. it only took like. <laughs> that's, that's how I want to say. It. That's how I want to pronounce it. Yeah,
0: way. I've gotten on my entire life, man. It's like boy named Sue. You know, it's like I can't. I, no, no, I grew up when those movies were coming <laughs> out, and uh, I had people mispronounce my name pretty much my entire life until. Uh,
1: Conan O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah, Conan yeah, once yeah, yeah. I was
0: like so happy for Conan O'Brien when he got a show. I was like, yes, finally. Yes. Pronounce it like I- a guy.
2: <laughs> you have an appreciation that most of us don't have for him. Yes. Yeah, totally.
0: And and I always said, like, if I've ever met him, I would actually thank him for that. And we would probably, you know, both have a laugh on him, hopefully. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it's, believe me, it's nothing new. I mean, especially, you know, my middle name is McKenzie. So Spuds McKenzie was also really popular around that time. Uh,
2: so yeah. Just, yep. just
0: getting it from all sides. Uh, so Ronnie, it's it's been a. I was trying to. I know I, I we we worked it out. It's I originally scheduled you on like I think five years ago. Was, was it something
2: like that? Four years ago, it was.
0: A, that that makes
2: sense. Yeah, it was probably like you know after our our record that came out in oh four, it's probably somewhere around there, or, yeah. or you know shortly thereafter. And, and there was yeah. a very
0: ill fated power outage. There's never a a non ill fated power outage, I suppose, but it was uh, it was something where i was like oh we'll just reschedule we'll reschedule and then i didn't and
2: <laughs> well a I, lot happened you moved and yeah you know, all that and then we both kind of forgot about it and then uh you know but i saw i, uh, I saw you post a lineup and that was an impressive lineup and uh yeah yeah
0: you commented <laughs> on and that's when i was like i, I was just like oh my god yeah <laughs> We never rescheduled. Because <laughs> I really wanted to have you on. It just was one of those things that's like, you know what's difficult about doing a show is uh, you need power, usually, to do it. So I'm not sure if you're... If you're it's, a, it's a radio professional thing It makes
2: sense. Yeah yeah, 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 it makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, how are you dealing with these quarantine times, man? Like,
2: uh, uh, um, you know, I'm okay. I, I, I wish I could relax. Uh, I, I yeah. find that I can't really relax. Like, if you had told me, like, look, you're forced to, like... Take time off and stay at home and, and do nothing and, you know, and you have no choice. Yeah, like, you be know. sick. That sounds awesome. And it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's for like two months. Yeah, yeah. If, if you knew like there was some firm ending, you know, you'd be like, great. This is this is. I've been. I love it. But uh, yeah, the whole uncertainty thing is a little, uh, you know. Well, it's interesting that's you mentioned the hard that. part
0: because yeah. of course I've been talking to everyone about that because it's like the one unifying thing that in in a. I think more than anything I can think of in my lifetime is everyone's in the same boat right. right now. And it's been interesting seeing everyone's reactions, but no one's really hit on that point of it that, yeah, you're like at home, but I feel the same way. Like I've just got all this, you know, like what's, you know, tense and nervous and I can't relax with the talking end songs.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I mean, the only, honestly, the only thing keeping me uh, sane is doing this show, which I'm just doing, you know, just tearing through like it ain't nothing because, you know, everyone's home so it's really easy it's true uh but i mean i I feel the same way like i have like you know and and i think it's it's going to be interesting to see what like psychologists come up with or something because it it seems like there's just this worldwide general state of anxiety in in, in a lot of folks and you know there was a lot of people like oh this is going to be a creative renaissance just like all that great punk rock we were supposed to get when trump got elected
2: oh right well Yeah. yeah
0: And it's like, no, man, like, you don't understand the concept of anxiety and depression. Like, that's like you can't, that's not a thing you can just like, hey, I'm going to go make a concept record now. I mean, maybe some folks are, but for a lot of us, it's just, well, fuck on a daily basis. Yeah, I've
2: just been organizing stuff, uh, like a lot of us. but But, you know, I've got notes for, I've had notes for a book I've been trying to write for years and years, and I can't concentrate on it which yeah. this would be the, the optimum time to do it. But it'd, I just,
3: it'd be the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you'd have to be able to do it. And, and, uh, and I imagine that book would be fantastic because you, you've lived an incredible life and you've uh, got some, uh, some amazing stories, which eventually we will get to when I'm done filibustering. But the, <laughs> the thing that I think a lot of people that maybe aren't creative don't realize is that it's creativity is like part of the eco- the psychological ecosystem. And there's certain types of mindsets that are for most folks are not conducive to being creative.
2: Right. Right. You gotta be in a, you gotta get yourself into that state of mind somehow. And, um, you know, just like going on stage or anything like, uh, you know, we all have our rituals before we do that. Right. Like, uh, personally, I would always pace, you know, backstage and be very nervous and, you know, and then
0: and, walk on and be fine. Yeah, and I <laughs> say, once and once you get on stage, everything's hunky dory. Like once, because it's, yeah. it's the thing, once you're on stage, you're out of your head. You're right. out of your, you're out of your head, and you're and you're just doing it, and, you're, and it snaps in. You're like, oh, I I know this, but like, there's always that kind of like, oh, I'm not gonna remember a single song. What is what is a guitar? You know. <laughs> well, there's that too, and
2: I would always have to. I'd always have the ritual of a uh, trying to. Uh, can I say take a piss? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, in the you know, and the, you know, a lot of these dumps. Uh, don't have good bathrooms, right? Or a backstage bathroom.
0: The leather curtain is my favorite. Like, really? We could
2: do a whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just... What about in Europe where occasionally you get, like, the urinal in the dressing room? Like, just on the wall? Just... Everyone, can you look away for a second, please? (laughs) Next to shelving and, you know... uh, Like... I know it wasn't designed that way. This was a bathroom once. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, uh, at one point, somebody designed this for uh, <laughs> peeing and pooping, but uh, you would, you'd be so hard-pressed to think of one.
2: Getting, getting back to my point, I would always have to, like, I'd often go outside and just try to find a good place to just piss. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that that would get that, – that I don't mean to give away – you know, behind that leather curtain,
0: but, uh, yeah, <laughs> no. the, that would be the name of the book behind the leather. curtain.
2: <laughs>
0: I remember, I was it, was it the L where was it in? The, I was bringing this up to a dude in Montreal. Uh, cause I was just commenting that, like, Hey, at the venue, like, I was like, Hey, you guys, bathrooms are really cool. Like nice. And then I, I specifically <laughs> mentioned the leather and it's a dude that like started a venue uh, as turbo house in Montreal. And he's, uh-huh. he started a venue and like, he was a dude who toured. So we kind of knew, like what to avoid, which is almost sure. as important as knowing what to put in. And Absolutely. I kept fixating on the leather curtain thing, and I think I remember—I I can't remember where it was. Maybe in the was in the knitting factory. I can't remember, but I, uh-huh. I remember being like, "Why leather curtain? Why have a Jesus Christ? Why have anything at all?" I mean, come on! Like, if, so, you, <laughs> if you need to, you know, do your business, and so we always just posted lookouts. You know, just hey, can you can you block me?
2: That, that look meant- <laughs> Well, there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The leather curtain, though, at least it's like heavy duty and. You know, can't see through it and
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah. Behind the leather curtain would be the would be the name but of that
2: th- book. God forbid you got to sit down, right? Yeah. Jesus oh, Christ. Jesus. Like, it's like,
0: <laughs> well, that, and that's all those memes go. We're going around like if you know if you play in a punk rock band, you're immune to COVID nineteen because you've oh right, because uh-huh. you've yeah, been in this yeah. bathroom and it'd be like CBGB <laughs> or Gilman or something. Yeah. So- so we're fine, me and you. Anyway, that's Poop and Pee Talk with Ronnie and Conan. And- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we
2: we'll, we'll <laughs> might, we'll might actually touch on it again. Who knows? Uh, yeah, man. Um,
0: Christ, a lot's happened since uh, since we talked last, hasn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, just to... With the, i guess we may as well bring it up um
0: yeah i was gonna say that yeah. I, this would be like the most awkward transition
2: <laughs> no no i know i know we're both we're both um yeah do i how do i tiptoe around no. yeah, um, um... <laughs> well as yeah as you know and, and uh you know a lot more people than uh you know i uh, i even expected to know um my bandmate kim shattuck passed away um last october um from als uh if anybody doesn't know what ALS is, uh, it's known as Lou Gehrig's disease and look it up. It's, it's, the it's really the cruelest uh, thing that can happen to somebody. It's, it's terminal and it basically shuts down your whole body, uh, except for your brain. So your, your brain is fully, fully intact. And, uh, but, but meanwhile, you're, you're not, it, it, it kind of works its way slowly, just shutting everything down on your body. Um, so she lit, she, uh, was diagnosed, you know, it, it, to the month, two years, uh, she was diagnosed and then, uh, she passed away. So it was a, uh, it was a heavy two years, uh, you know, um, and I won't say there weren't, you know, every time I saw her, it was a good time. Uh, she still able to smile to the end and, um, you know, we should all be so, uh, lucky to handle things with such grace as she did um you know during her illness uh she was well taken care of and we would just laugh and laugh and and you know she worked hard we, we completed an album um we can get more into that later um and you know she wrote lyrics for red cross and and uh you know a project she started with melanie and and palmyra and and you know did she did all sorts of stuff she stayed busy so um yeah after you know we were a band for for i I don't count us not being a band until the day she died so we were a band for 29 years um which is unbelievably amazing yeah yeah. so it's it's quite it's quite the
0: right and you guys were and not just it's important to note you were a band and that also you know continued to make records you didn't just coast by on. <laughs> the one, the, yeah, like yeah, the record from twenty years ago that you know. No, no,
2: no. no we had a. But. <laughs> we we had a. We had. A, well, I mean, that's kind of what 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 bands do now, right? Like REO Speedwagon? Yeah, yeah, they don't. You. We actually learned that before we uh made our first record in ten years. It came out in '04. Uh, we're like, oh, we're established enough. We can we can go to these. We can travel around and do gigs and just in our rep. Uh, we we're very lucky because uh,
0: because people discover the certain t- right, around, but people discover those those records like every year. And especially the, the internet being the, the way it is, like people find them and they're, and then they kind of go down the rabbit hole because it's all just there all the time. It's not hard to find like it used to be.
2: Yeah. And I gotta say our, our last like kind of 10 years <laughs> of working, um, you know, all our shows were big kind of love fests. Like there was really a lot of love coming from the people and, 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 you know, us on stage, you know, we were always a family. I, 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 I was lucky enough to, to actually realize it in my head too, during our last years. Uh, I was, I was taking a look around and taking it in and thinking like, I, you know, I really appreciate this. Even, even getting back to the bath, even this horrible bathroom, you know, and the smell, (laughs) you know,
0: you're savoring the scent
2: and I was uh... (laughs) savoring the scent, everything. I'm like, you know what? Most bands would kill for our career and and then what we've done and what we are able to continue to do, you know? So it was not lost on me. And and we really did appreciate it and uh, didn't take it for granted, you know, at that
0: point, so. Well, and the the live vibe was always so infectious and remarkable because you guys were in a, like an infectious rock and roll band, and the energy and the power with which you played like it made for like such a fun show. That was even like like I I've even like I had brought people to your shows that like didn't know a note of the music, right? Didn't know anything, and they right. were and they were like that band's awesome. I'm like I know. right? <laughs> and uh you know and, and a big part of that was like you and kim's like energy and like you know the fact that like it just it just seemed like you were no matter if you were in a venue that was had 50 people or 500 people or presumably five thousand, it was you just felt like you're hanging out in the basement with you guys or something in a good way you know what i mean like and i say that as someone who likes that kind of thing
2: no 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 i appreciate you saying that i mean i i, I we we i i feel like we rose to whatever the occasion was whether it was a uh, yeah like you say a place that held 50 people or, or a place that held five thousand people you know we we could we always were able i feel generally to deliver i mean with our act you know some nights weren't necessarily that great but um because <laughs> we would always go as you said we would always go for it but um i was you know our rapport yeah me and kim's like the talking i think was a huge part of our um live oh, yeah. show and, <laughs> me and Kim's rapport we didn't repeat stuff we weren't like social distortion saying the same things you you
0: didn't have like the canned stage banter
2: (laughs) no 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 and i always like to uh tailor it to the moment and to the venue and to the town or whatever yeah
0: you you didn't have your. how many people out there
2: like alcohol (laughs) like
3: moments
2: or anything no no exactly like it was uh you know for better or worse we uh yeah we always tried to Put on a good show, and like people always say, like that they could they could feel that kind of vibe from us, like you just said. So I totally. really appreciate that, and I'm I'm really proud of that. Having seen a lot of bands over the years and seen, you know, <laughs> the different styles of, of performing, yeah, um, yeah, I'm very proud of I'm very proud of the live act. So thank you.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that it, it comes through. And since well, and the records all sound good too, because there isn't a that hallmark of you know when people do the trendy thing of are like hey everyone's using auto-tune this year or like well yeah 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 I, know, I, I was i i should add i i would
2: like to think that yeah the music <laughs> would back up all that too yeah yeah like we, we would be like fun to listen to talk and then we'd like slam home some really good pop songs yeah you know
3: and, um,
0: and it was cool to see kind of like of the many <laughs> garage rock revivals that there have been like that the, the one generation, like really kind of latch onto it and kind of, and like to see like all these kids, like, you know, that's the ideal, yeah. right? Would you play rock and roll, it's like, Hey, it's not just like the children of men of audiences. <laughs> no, no, we,
2: we were big. We were big. Like, uh, you know, my uncle put you on a mixtape for me, you know, y- y- parents hey, yeah, and yeah. kids, <laughs> parents and kids would, uh, come to our shows and, you know, wait for us and, You know, it's, it's still, it still actually happens, even though, uh, obviously we're not playing live. (laughs) Um, but I still hear from people and and get, you know, people post videos in our group of their seven year old daughters playing muff songs. And, you know, and and like you say, like we, even during our major label years, uh, again, this term for better or worse, we never used any trendy producers or mixers or whatever. So, um, some of our ver- really early stuff might sound a little dated. Few songs on the first album, our early singles. That sounds a, some of those sound a little dated. But other than that, like uh, you know, Blonder and Blonder sounds pretty. It still, you know, it still holds timeless. up. I Actually, listened yeah. to
0: that yesterday just for the hell of it. I was like, God, this record still slams. Like it's good. Yeah,
2: I mean, because all about the songs. And yeah, like, like you say, we didn't auto tune and we didn't have weird, you know, drum.
0: <laughs> you didn't have know. like a dj going
2: <laughs> or anything yeah yeah we didn't yeah yeah we didn't incorporate a rapper yeah like even rem did pitbull um,
0: didn't show up in one of your tunes you know? <laughs> oh god rem did do that didn't they Gross. they
2: did they had krs1 and that's, that, that's oh yeah wow i forgot all about that i know that stuff ages like bell bottoms right like <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> but uh you know that we and you know that Thank God uh, Warner Brothers would let us do that, too. I mean, you know, um, yeah. you, know for, you know, again, we didn't get, like, pushed as hard as uh, maybe the trendier bands at that time. But, uh, you know, that said, our, our records, those records never went out of print, which I'm really proud of, too. Like, um, you know, all of our... All of our kind of contemporary bands, you know, bands like Mudhoney, Babes in Toyland, yeah. even L Seven. Those records went out of print. You know, um, they did.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually real hard to find. Like, I still got my original copies, but I talked about that with Lori when I had Lori Barbera on. And
2: yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, it's our, it's a our- bummer
0: because like, why? You know, especially at this point, like, why not just like let let them do like the Steel Pole Bathtub thing or like the the Melvin's Records on Third Man, where it's like they. Just put them out for who wants to hear it, you know. Right, What's it right. to you? you're yeah. not, you're not no, losing money I, on I,
2: it. I, yeah, I mean, uh, you know. So, yeah, they never went out of print. We even got to like give them the deluxe treatment uh, a few years ago, which was an honor as a fan and a band member. Yeah. Um, so,
0: how do how do you approach? <laughs> so that's that's actually a good a good question. Uh, how do you approach doing a reissue for something like like you obviously want to give some new value. Uh, in some cases, I know some people like to fix things that bothered them, like maybe with like artwork or like you know whatever. Oh yeah, there's that one.
2: What about the people that want to re sing songs like oh, from Jesus twenty Christ. years ago? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's
0: some George Lucas stuff there, where it's like oh, right, God, right, right,
2: right. <laughs> no, yeah, let it go, let it go. You're not going to please anybody. Other than yeah, exactly. Yeah. Other like, than yourself. let's
0: put let's put like a CGI Jabba into this song. That sounds like a great yeah. idea, and it, it won't bum out anybody, I'm sure.
2: Yeah well um in our case uh we are we were lucky in that um uh omnivore recordings the label that did it uh is distributed by by Wea, so so they were able to kind of get to the the warner and reprise records uh and not have to like jump through legal hoops and they were the reissue
0: whispers they got it done
2: yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> well you know like People that own, like, Universal owns almost everything else, right? And um, yeah. people are have a, have trouble licensing from them, because uh, first off, they're so big, but they have, like, a, you know, they want a lot of money up front, which is not feasible for, like, a smaller band, you know, a band that's not going to, well, you know, in this day and age, things don't sell that much. I don't want to, again, pull back the leather curtain, but <laughs> people, would be shocked. people would be shocked at the numbers of things that sell, you know, there are things that that are reissue that sell literally in the, like 300 copies these days. Yeah, you know? like,
3: totally. Like
0: um, you're, you're gonna the, you're gonna get the same amount of copies sold for like the Steel Pole Bath of reissue of Tulip as you are for like some of the <laughs> bands that were like on MTV. You know? No, no,
2: exactly. So so,
0: and um, I say that as a Steel Pole Bath fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm just giving scope and scale yeah, yeah, yeah. for folks. And I, I bring up this same example all the time. And I'm sure people that are regular listeners are sick of hearing it. But I I seriously run into kids these days, like out on tour and stuff that are under the impression that a band like Carp was as big as a band like Smashing Pumpkins. And I'm like, I guarantee you, that is not the case. That was not the case at all. Being someone that was there, that was not true.
2: Yep, yep. And they have a... That's a great documentary, that documentary on (sighs) Carp. It is, it is. But, uh, yeah,
0: no... Heartbreakingly sad, too, but it's, you know, it's
2: great. (laughs) No, it is, it is. But, yeah, yeah. No, like you say, like, yeah, yeah, Carp probably, you know, didn't play to 50 people, as you say, most gigs they ever played. Yep. Um, But it's cool. It's cool that kids look back on that time and romanticize anyway getting back to the point yeah um, yeah, sorry we were able (laughs) we were able able to easily get the rights to those records and and omnivore came to us wanted to do it we became instant friends and um yeah so it was super in our case it was super easy i know it's not that that way with with most things uh for bands uh but yeah it was nice to kind of tack on some some bonus tracks some demos and me, Kim, and Roy all wrote liner notes in a different way. and a
0: uh, yeah, they each had their own kind of voice, which I th- always thought's kind of cool. To <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> like in Klim- some
0: cases, it's a like the Rashomon effect, right? It's like almost the same same stuff being said, but like from different perspectives. No,
2: exactly, exactly. Just kind of, just kind of fell into place organically. Kim's like, I'm just going to do a song by song thing, and Roy kind of did like a general thing, and I kind of did a historical thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, we I, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx anything, but we're trying to keep that reissue campaign going. So fingers crossed because the next one in line is the one that really needs to be, uh, reissued at this point. So, and that would be alert today, live tomorrow, our record from 99. Oh, okay, so, cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, was going to say, I, I don't have the discography up, so have, and
2: yeah, 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 That one, uh, that one. Yeah. We, you know, fat records owns it. It's
0: Destroyer right now.
2: <laughs> I, I don't even know if I should be saying any of this. Um, but uh, well, no one listens to this, right? <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. This isn't on the air, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we? Are we? Are we taping are we live? Um, Hello, is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and after that, we own uh, we own the next three. So
0: nice, nice. Uh, well, and and that's a that's a nice thing to do. I mean, it it's always obnoxious when people articulate their appreciation for a band after that band is no longer a band or no longer able to like be the band that they were like that always kind of low-key annoys me because I think that's just human nature for whatever reason but right 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 I mean obviously it is it is it's nice to see like the impact and and the uh well like and as you mentioned like the familial ties like the 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 uncle sharing it to like the the niece and, and and those those situations where it's like multi-generational it just would be cool you know if some of that had been you
2: know, well i, I know, yeah no harsh, but... to to your point i mean after kim passed away i mean the uh the the response the uh the reaction was just incredible i mean uh yeah you know uh i i i i, I will i've said this before now, uh, but uh, kim when i eulogize kim it was the day after, um, uh, the who had put pictures of us in a tribute to her on the screens at Hollywood at the Hollywood bowl. Yeah. And, and, and Elvis Costello had come out and praised her songwriting, which first off, Kim would have freaked out at both of those, but yeah, Elvis Costello praising her songwriting. She would have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but what, what are you, what I, during my eulogy, I said, uh, you know, the, uh, the reaction has been incredible. Uh, all the, all the people praising Kim, uh, Elvis Costello and the who uh, I don't know where all these motherfuckers were when we were around when they were taking us for granted, but uh, <laughs> and it got a good laugh just like you did so when I did it so, yeah, yeah, because
0: yeah. that's obviously you know it's 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 earnestly appreciated, but it is sort of like you know it it's there's just enough kind of truth in there to make the humor little, exactly the <laughs> thank you. exactly a little bit of, as any no, working I, band will know. <laughs>
2: I was joking, but a little smidgen yeah. of truth in there. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. you can think about
0: that a little bit. <laughs> 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 and it was, and it was, um, you know, what I saw of it, it was it was a very beautiful eulogy, and um, you know, that's I can't, you know, that's I can't even imagine how difficult that'd be. Uh, I I lost my aunt yeah. to ALS, and you know, I got to see it firsthand. Oh for wow! 10, okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, however bad you think it is, it's a lot worse. It's, it's- so you know,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, and and Kim's husband, Kevin, is an amazing person, and he took, she couldn't have had better care, so she had, you know, caretakers around the clock, and he did everything for her, and she had she had everything she could have, you know, had in her situation. So she, she you know, yeah it would be ultimately, you know, I'd visit her and it would be, you know, like I say we'd laugh the whole time and I'd get out to my car and just, you know, I would break down uh you know, in sadness, but I'd also be really happy to have, you know, had that time and to to make 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 her laugh. So
0: yeah, cuz it kind of seems it's I mean, it seems like that this that rapport between you two was such a big driving part of the band like just like the the heart and soul of the band and it's fascinating because it was in a way that was like not easily definable necessarily other than the fact that it's clear you you had a great affinity for each other throughout the years and you had just like it went well together like it's something that i'm I'm trying to think of like another example off the top of my head but
2: i mean we were we were we were close for we became we were close friends for a few years. We became a couple for a few years into forming, you know, the band. And uh, yeah, no, I I really appreciate you saying that. And, and you know, I I do got to say Roy is a huge part of. Right. Yeah. Again, not not to, to diss on Roy at all. No. 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 Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's
0: like you know what a rock solid drummer, like huge personality, like great, super vital part of the band.
2: He was the missing yeah piece, and and you know I, I don't know if you know you know we actually asked Roy to. Uh, join us when we first formed when uh you know me and me and me and kim and melanie you know when they had left the pandoras you know they left like a month apart and um kim had songs we're kind of you know kim's like we will have our own band and, and and uh we asked roy and roy turned us down at the time he, he had just had a kid he had moved to texas for a while but uh to be honest uh he's like you know the offer of a band with a two ex-pandoras uh, and one of their boyfriends is playing bass was not the, not the, <laughs> <laughs> didn't, no, that didn't sound that great. You know? it, it,
0: it wasn't yeah, the but, uh, the call from the movie, like, uh, like, like, Wayne, <laughs> like, Billy Gould
2: getting the call from Wayne Kramer, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. And like, and like Roy says, like, and then the, you know, a couple years went by, the records <laughs> came out, and I was like, oh, man, I made a mistake. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But, but, uh. Yeah, and it's, you know, not to, you know, not to, to say that the, the records without him aren't aren't great, but, uh, you definitely, you, you guys hit like a new level. It, it seems like symbiosis wise, uh, when, when he came into the fold.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's weird how stuff like that, when it's, I, I don't, I hate the term meant to be, but like, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't say a lot of thought was put into anything as far as all those early decisions and stuff like things just kind of like fell away and fell into place at the same time as, as organically. Like, yeah, that's crazy in a way. So
0: can you walk back a little bit, uh, all all the way to the, the first, like right early on the first record, uh it's what ninety three right is that is that I'm uh right? came out
2: yeah april ninety three yeah
0: you're kind of getting it up off the ground it's you know there, there's a little bit of kind of get you know a little bit what to expect just based on uh as, as mentioned there was uh you know previous expectations because of the pandoras but you yeah, know it comes out it's it's it It has its audience, and more importantly you, you i mean from my perspective, like working in a record store, lucky guy was kind of like a single that was getting getting some push and hype and also happened to be good, which you'd like to think that happened more often right right <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's out of the gate, you know
1: you're
0: not necessarily out of the gate, but like pretty soon coming out you're you're you know it's that it's that time it's that time period where it's the early nineties you're on Warner brothers. I mean, was there, was there a mindset of like, let's take this like as big as we can, or was it just like, all right, let's just see what happens. And, you know, roll the bones here.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we, we were, uh, uh, the whole way we, we got signed. I mean, we were talking to Warner brothers, like literally eight months after our first show. Um, and our A&R guy, uh, David Katz Nelson, great guy. Uh, he had he had worked under Roberta Peterson, who was a uh, another A and R person. She signed Dire Straits and stuff. And anyway, she signed Flaming Lips. And, and basically, she signed Flaming Lips because because of David. Um, so they made David a full fledged A and R guy, and he he signed Mud Honey, who um, was the band. Every you know, we let's go back in time. This is your your post Nirvana right, right. signing frenzy, <laughs> right? So this is like grunge has arrived and you know, Hey everybody uh, grunge out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we all had long hair, wore big shorts and you know, thermals under the shorts. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, so, so, um, he signed Mudhoney honey and then he found us and, and going back, I mean the, the Pandora's at the end had no audience or reputation at all. It was actually a hurdle for us at, at, at first. And we, we, they they had gone heavy metal they lost their audience uh, people weren't coming to see them. I had a front row seat to all those years cuz that's when me and Kim were a couple and um so really we that, that that was a hurdle at first and we 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 eclipsed that really fast we 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 had some friends give us our first three shows and then we those clubs we played had us back immediately back in those days there were a lot of clubs in Hollywood um We would literally play three times a week between here and Orange County. And, um, and we just, we kind of got good and, 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 and the songs were always there. Um, Kim, Kim had a batch ready to go. So, so, you know, uh, so when we signed, we didn't have anything on tape. We didn't have a lawyer, no representation, but the Pandora's publishing company had swept, swept Kim under the rug, um, so we got signed to a demo deal so we had to actually go in sound city and make a make a five song demo which we did and uh and we got signed and yeah and 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 luckily for us our a our and R guy david was like a, a, a he was a i'll call him a kid he was a kid at the time he he liked us for the right reasons he was in the business for the right reasons he he was not you know, thinking of uh, keeping his job, like selling some records to keep his job. He went on to sign the Boredoms. If that tells you anything about his where he's coming <laughs> yeah, from, n- not exactly a hyper commercial band. Exactly. So, so, so he was into it for the right reasons. He brought in a, another A and R guy there named Rob Cavallo. So we actually had two, two guys, and Rob came from kind of a uh, heavy metal background. Um, you know, he, Rob had just signed a band called Sister Whiskey right before us, so. <laughs> uh, this two A and R guy thing—it it, it was unusual, but it worked for us, and we actually made our first record with those guys producing it. And uh, it's the first record Rob produced. Uh, the next one would be called Dookie, if you've heard of that one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm passively can, familiar, being a Bay Area we, guy. Yeah, we can
2: we can get to that <laughs> after this. But uh, but yeah, so so our first album came out, and we were just kind of like a fun rock band. Um, again, we weren't being, you know heavily promoted uh, with all the major stuff at that time I'm trying to think what it would have been uh flaming lips i guess uh but i'm trying to remember
0: because that's like that's like peak record store time for me and i definitely noticed what was being pushed hard and what wasn't but like if it's so long ago like i don't even, I don't even
2: remember. yeah yeah i was just trying to get a warner brothers in particular but yeah um you know you know i guess smashing pumpkins all that. Stuff. anyway um Getting back to our lineup, we had a four-piece lineup. Uh, it was me, Kim, Melanie, and um, uh, a drummer named Chris Crass. And uh, Chris was a few years older than us. Um, I've said this before, but Chris was very—he was—he was a volatile uh, personality, um, and he was different from us. And uh, he was a great drummer, and he sang great harmonies. Um, but uh, he was—he was. He was almost out of the band the entire time he was in the band. Okay, so if that makes any sense. Yeah, does, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and basically, you know, we did one tour uh, opening for the Goo Goo Dolls right when the record came out, and, uh, and then, uh, we were gearing up to do a, a kind of co-headlining tour with the Digits, and, uh, Chris blew up on the phone to Kim and said, F you guys, I quit, and, uh, we didn't beg him back this time, and we actually found this is amazing. Now, when I think back on it, we had ten days before we were going on tour. <laughs> we we were recommended. We were recommended a guy named Jim who who is still one of my best friends. We met him. We practiced with him. We went on the road with him. Ten days. That's wild. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and, that's some like and blues I'll...
0: brother stuff. Like that doesn't. This is, doesn't happen.
2: No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, being a musician, you you can. For all that to come and, you know, first off, that he's able to go. Yeah, yeah. That, right? That's probably the biggest <laughs> hurdle. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you can actually go. You can leave for a month right now, um, you know. But fit in, you know, great and everything. And so, yeah, we just kind of moved on from Chris. And, uh, you know, and we, we remained a four-piece uh, for a while. Um, that's kind of when we, uh, a little while after that, the next, the following year, uh, early 90s four is kind of when um uh we we decided to try out roy and like he needed a tryout it's when we got roy so there was a brief period where we kind of did a west coast tour where with a four piece lineup that was uh me kim melanie and roy and uh and then you know this is tough because uh, Melanie, you know, we're friends with Melanie again. You know, we didn't talk to Melanie for 17 years. When I say we, me and Kim and Roy, but, uh, you know, it was a rough breakup uh, with Melanie and it was right before we made Blonder and Blonder and, uh, you know, for, for reasons it just had to, it just had to happen. And, um, and uh, yeah, that said, we went in to make the third record and we thought we would, we thought we'd just, we'd make the record for three piece kind of like replacements did with Please to meet me. And then we just add somebody. And, um, right. Right. What happened was, uh, the aforementioned dookie came out, uh, <laughs> and green day. And this is all documented in green day books and stuff. They, they were a fan of our first record and they, they, it influenced them to sign to Warner brothers reprise with our A&R guy, Rob and, and, use him as their producer like our record and they took our management and our booking agent and all our business people and um you know uh and what happened was we, we were making we we're in the middle of making blonder blonder we got offered to open for them at the palladium and we we're like well we can't turn this down what are we going to do well we'll play as a three-piece so we did kind of a secret unbilled show just to three-piece. do the thing
3: yeah, yeah
2: yeah 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 and then we played at the palladium and then we after that show we we're like wow this is kind of it's kind of more rocking. This is kind of, this is kind of fun as a three piece. And uh, yeah, you miss the extra guitar here and there, but you know, we were made a three piece for the rest of our career. So there you go.
0: Worked out okay, as it turns out. Anybody here from that Green Day band again? Did they uh, do anything after that? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 I think they made the decision to release uh, three albums within three months at some point. Yeah, well, that's that's it. It's <laughs> nice to do things for your friends. That's that's nice. Yeah. When, when uh, did the so, uh,
0: when, when did the Fruitopia thing? It happened was that that, that oh. was around the same time period yeah such a weird that was actually a little later
2: even though it's a song from the first album that was actually a little later i, I want to say it was like 96 because
0: um, i remember that and i remember not knowing it was you guys at the time uh and then like being like well why does that sound so familiar and i was like oh i have that record
2: yeah F- no they, they used they used kind of the intro and into the you know the there was no, none of the singing bits but uh yeah we were the theme of Fruitopia, basically, till the end of their till they we went down with the ship. <laughs> uh,
3: went down with the
0: Fruitopia
2: ship. <laughs> they, they used us like the last three, and it would be like seasonal, right? Fruitopia would advertise in the summer, and uh, I'd actually start buying it to, to try and spike the sales to show that the commercials were working, <laughs> right?
0: Uh, <laughs> like a one-man <laughs> show to try to. Do I, it.
2: Exactly, I was trying to do my part, but uh.
0: Like, do you ever hear about no. how the uh, how the publishers would buy up tons of copies of like Rush Limbaugh's books so it would like reach bestseller status and then they would just warehouse them and eventually exactly. pulp yeah, them. Exactly, yeah, yeah,
2: that's right. That's Which right. is why if you that...
0: ever go to any thrift store, there's always like a bunch of books, you're like,
2: why is that there?
0: And the reason why <laughs> is because like they just somehow managed to get there rather than just being flat out pulped and it's like just... Gra- that,
2: that's as grassroots as it gets. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but,
0: uh <laughs> Grassroots support. <laughs> like, but yeah, we
2: were uh, for, for three summers there, we were the, the, the theme of Fruitopia. And uh, actually, um, that was a that was a huge. I gotta say, it's probably yeah, that's the biggest payday I ever got out of the band. Um, one day, I kind of just started getting, and, and they'd be like checks of different amounts. Like, so you get a check for like twenty one seventy two, and then you get one for like three hundred seventy three dollars. And I remember just one one day, I opened the mailbox, and I had like twenty different checks. And, um, oh man! Yeah, it was. <laughs> You're like buying all that Fruitopia paid off. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And uh, that's around the time, too, where it was kind of like not looked upon on as like a sellout. You know, right before that, you know, yeah, never Neil Young, this note's for you, and oh, you're a sellout. And, you know, the bands that, that Shield for Miller beer in the 80s. Um the Del Fuego's, you know what I mean? They got yeah, well, like it's roasted. almost an
0: anachronistic concept. Now, you try explaining that to, you know, quote unquote kids these days, then they'll like kind of like cock their head at you like the RCA dog, like, what are you talking yeah, about?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> now you want that because, you know, it's a way to get paid. And then, yeah, you try to tie it in like the initial record sales, you know, you're trying to tie it into an energy drink and stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, but it is, but it is something to bring up that especially. Yeah, there was that time period, especially in the '90s, where it was just like, "Oh well, they're a sellout."
2: Yeah, I mean, like, th- this was like, like I said, this was around the time where it was turning, and uh, we didn't get a lot of flack for it. People, people like you just said, like, yeah, I just kind of heard it and thought it was cool, and
0: and my fa- my favorite for that is, uh, I think it was Jason Newstead. The, the, they somebody said Metallica's a sellout. Yeah, we sell out all right. Every seat in the house, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just well classic Metallica classic newsted
2: right well he was able to say that then
0: yeah yes. yeah before he got completely mixed out of the record
2: <laughs> oh God did he ever what a that's a real shame that record would be a lot still good but it'd be so much better with bass <laughs> yeah
0: isn't there like that uh I, I want to say maybe it was just a concept but it was like it, there was a thing called uh, justice for Jason that <laughs> they like moved up like the bass in the mix somehow. Like, I don't know, somebody, I don't know if it's masculine nice. or what,
2: but yeah, it's, it's called <laughs> justice for Jason. Nice. Nice. Like when Steve, like when our friend Steve McDonald added bass to the white stripes, you know, white blood cells. Dude, yeah.
0: what a rad thing! And we talked for so long when I had him on, and I like after I hung up, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that because like <laughs> I just thought that was like the raddest thing at the time. I'm like, what a bizarre and cool thing to do, and like, how about like totally the right guy to do it? And but we were talking yeah. about so much other stuff, like whatever, it just it just didn't come up. But
2: yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, they talking to Steve. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna end up filling the time with with tons. Of, yeah of interesting stuff and yeah.
0: <laughs> but having nothing to do with any of that. Okay, so then muffs are around uh and, and doing stuff. You you you're finding the three piece thing, hey, this works. Right on. <laughs> yep, <laughs> let's, yep. Let's uh let's uh do this. You you, you get uh you get Roy playing with you And what um what point of the timeline does the coolest thing happen? Is that
2: a? Uh... uh yeah so that'll be yeah that would be in 95 so so uh yeah first record came out april of 93 blonder and blonder the second record came out in april of 95 so like i say that's a post green day world so we switched from warner brothers over to reprise so we could have all their radio people work our record and whatever and and so that's why blonder kind of got the biggest push of any record in our career um you know they actually did try to get us on the radio didn't didn't work but you know um you know, we did have the sixty thousand dollars video directed by their video director. You know, for Sad Tomorrow and all that. So, you know, things were happening, and and, and what happened was uh, we got an offer uh, from, yeah, people. People always wonder how do you make these things happen. Well, the they, the, the the trick of it is to that things you get lucky enough to have it happen to you. So we got, we got a call from uh, Amy Heckerling, the director of Clueless, who uh, who. Previously, you know, she, she uh, directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a little film you might have heard of. Yeah, a little film called Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, 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 you know, a little minor film a little, to A all little band
0: us. called The Ramones, you know. she, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I always wanted to work with her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, um, she, you know, she's doing this movie Clueless, um, and we were given a choice of two songs uh, that she picked out uh, to put, pick from. So we were offered Kids in America, or All By Myself by Eric Carmen. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That, that, which, was the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the other one. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to think of how we would have done that. But uh, obviously we we picked uh, Kids in America. Um, side note, Jewel ended up doing a, a pre-stardom, or right before her first album, Jewel ended up doing All By Myself. And that didn't even make the soundtrack. Okay. It's buried in the film. Anyway, uh, uh, we got this offer, and we were on the road. So we, uh, Rob Cavallo actually flew to New York City. We we saw we had a day off, or we had some two area shows and like a day off. So it's like okay, we can do a song in this kind of time frame. We just worked it so, up in
0: the van or something, like what?
2: We kind of yeah, we kind of <laughs> did. I mean, it's not it's not wow. like we did a radical, you know? Yeah, it's not
0: King Crimson. It. I mean, it's you know exactly exactly
2: like it's not like we. We did alter the arrangement a little bit, though. I mean, yeah, I, you mean, know, kind of simplified it, if you will.
0: You, like, yeah, you certainly have your own vibe to it, but, yeah, it's, 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 uh...
2: Yeah, but, uh, that said, it's, like, we didn't really get to rehearse it in a, in a room, you know, like you usually would do. Um, I'm trying to remember now if we even, like, tried to do it at sound checks. You know how that is. You're always, like, we'll get to practice at sound check. Yeah, oh, we'll do it <laughs> You never get never, to... That ever, never worked.
0: Ever get it at sound check.
2: It no, never Never works out. <laughs> 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 never works out. Um... <laughs> But,
0: uh, wildly but, ambitious. And yet it, it gets suggested all the time.
2: Yeah. So, so Rob, yeah. Flew to New York. We, we did it at electric lady studios. Uh, another, another many career highlights recording there in the house that Jimmy built in the room with that, the mural, the spaceship mural inside nice. that people have heard of the yeah, he yeah. commissioned, And, uh, yeah, we, 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 we did it. And, uh, you know, we knew it was kind of a, you know, at that point we were having songs and movies and stuff. Um, you know, Angus and Bye Bye Love. Oh,
0: Angus! Jesus, I forgot all about Angus. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that, that was Angus. Was...
2: Is, Angus is the same year, and uh you know Bye Bye Love was '93. But yeah, Jack, yeah. a young Jack Black plays us. He's DJing somewhere. Um, you know, National Lampoon's Senior Trip. Tommy Chong. Our song is playing while Tommy Chong drives a school bus. I know that's not a famous movie, but. It's, yeah, we,
0: it's still tommy chong and it's still like you know a, a piece yeah of, yeah, no
3: <laughs> so at
2: story. that point we're starting to get these kind of hollywood offers and um uh again i think this happened a lot of this happened organically because they would and again not to not to slight these other bands who i love but i they would they would write warner brothers and say send us some cds and they wouldn't pick Mudhunter or babes in toyland they'd pick the muffs you know to to be in you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right. and, and you know all these. You know, we'll get to this. We did a pilot for an Aaron Spelling show. Um, wow. uh, I'll talk about this after Clueless, but um, okay. um, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Who knew, we, you know, we knew it seemed like it was going to be a cool movie, but but had no idea this movie was going to, you know, literally define a generation. Yeah, it was like be a huge. cultural
0: paradigm shift,
3: practically. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and <laughs> and, and uh, you know, be such a great film, and and we didn't know our song would be the. You know, the opening credits and, you know, kick off the film and, 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 uh, be the first song on the soundtrack and, uh, you know, that the soundtrack would, would go gold and then platinum. Yeah. You'd be living
0: um, with it for like a really long time, you know, playing it live. You'd be, <laughs> you know, I mean,
2: yeah. We didn't do that. And then, you know, even at the time, even when got big, we never played it live. We kind of would attempt it, um, at practice and we just couldn't, we couldn't get through it. We could, we come to the first chorus and we just would just laugh or something. We just couldn't, you know, no slight to the song. It's been very good to us. It's a great song, but uh, it's it's a little simpler than our original stuff. Um, oh, for sure.
0: Uh, but I mean, yeah. still, uh, uh, somebody that just you know likes the movie or whatever isn't necessarily going to know that. They'd be like, "Cool, I can't wait till they play that." You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and again, I'm not saying we're King Crimson, but you know, my yeah. songs, <laughs> my songs have a lot of they're 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 they're, they're more complex, uh, you know, for the most part than. than it's Maybe smart catchy
0: songwriting as opposed to dumb catchy songwriting
2: which, thank you yeah yeah thanks yeah. for putting it that way yeah yeah there, there's actually a lot beneath the surface there but um generally not every song <laughs> but uh uh yeah so clueless took off and, and there you go it was, it was great And uh, i have a platinum record here for it and, and i feel like we earned it because again we're the first song on the on the record and you know, we're not buried. It's not playing in a, in a convenience store in the middle no. of a movie. It's like maybe the only notice.
0: song that people think of with that movie normally. Like, exactly. It's, it's like the definitional it's,
2: song. I can point it out to, to somebody sitting next to me on an airplane and they're going to know the song. Yeah. yeah. So it's great. It's great to have that.
0: <laughs> so it's wild that you just like did it in a day like between. between <laughs> yeah, <shows>. yeah, no, <laughs> it
2: literally like finished off after a show at Maxwell's, um, you know, with with you know, friends from degeneration helping out on the woes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Just like, uh, Oh,
0: let's just do this real quick for this thing.
2: whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So
0: back. So what, uh, what about the spelling thing you mentioned? Like what's, what's, Oh,
2: so yeah, this is actually the same year, 95. Um, yeah, we got an offer, uh, Aaron spelling who, uh, again, like Amy heckling, I always wanted to work with, you know, big Aaron spelling fan going back to love boat. And, uh, you know fantasy island and oh yeah and you know in the 90s look this was like beverly hills 90210 melrose place perhaps the greatest show of all time uh (laughs) so so yeah we got this offer uh it's like wire
0: uh, breaking bad melrose place to play (laughs) 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 that's your
2: order not mine yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah uh uh, we got this offer yeah to to be the band and this it, it was a Pilot for a young detective show called Crosstown Traffic, and
0: um, like the Hendrix song,
2: exactly. Like, uh, and I have a, I need to somehow transfer this and get it on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if it would be taken down, but um, I'm lucky I have a copy because we're not supposed, we weren't supposed to have gotten copies back in '95 because the show didn't get picked up. I'm getting ahead of myself though. Uh, so it was a young detective show, and the and the plot of the show uh, involved a stalker. God, I wish I could remember his name because he's actually semi-famous now, the guy that portrayed the stalker. Uh, There's a guy stalking Kim. Uh, the show opens with the stalker in his lair with like muffs posters and, and pictures of Kim cut out, pictures of Kim on candles. Oh, wow, wow. Um, it's a very, and, then the, and then it turns dark where the, uh, the, the uh, would-be assassin stands up and has like the kind of taxi driver gun kind of go down into his hand from his elbow. Oh man! And he points the gun, and it shows Kim's face, and then it shows him looking mean, and then it shows blood running over Kim's face. Cut to Crosstown Traffic by Jimi Hendrix into the into the intro of the show. Um, Jeez! <laughs> so it's
0: hardcore. Okay.
2: So yeah, yeah. So we 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 portrayed the band. Uh, Tone Lok portrays the uh, the police commissioner. Oh, okay. Uh, we are we are the muffs in this. We don't have lines. We we actually don't pop up To the end to the performance. Uh, segment. But you uh You aren't even doing like,
0: hey man, which way is the gig or anything like that? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like so, that completely yeah, yeah natural exactly. dialogue that always happens so, with bands.
2: Somebody call security. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um
0: <laughs> Totally. It's like every band in every movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, no, but they but they do refer to us. Like Tone Lok does say the muffs, uh they kinda make fun of our name. Uh the actors refer to us. It all it's all leading to this this show we're you know, gonna be playing and and uh yeah and so we we are it's a montage of four of our songs kind of all cut together uh to make for this kind of high energy ending and then um you know the stalker i could give away the plot because uh you know
0: a spoiler uh, stalk- alert this is a this, long time ago and it's a pilot this, so you didn't say
2: yeah the, the stalker the stalker wheels in in a wheelchair to the venue with a fake mustache and it uh, goes into the bathroom stall and then and then turn you know Puts on his grunge shirt and goes on the audience, and so again, as the band performing, we're oblivious to like the whole crowd's jumping except for this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: that seems normal, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, and then, and all the cops are like, you know, got walkie talkies. I think I see him, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, and it climaxes, and he pu- he lifts his arm with a gun and yells, "Kimberly!" And then they dive off the stage and they tackle him, and and then <laughs> it cuts us still playing. Like we have no idea going on. yeah, yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> that's what little people do. Is people um, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but uh, I would like to add: in the script, the band was the Cranberries, and the line was "Dolores." So I think <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I think they they like that three syllable, uh, you know, the thing to there. yell
0: out as they the, yeah. did,
2: <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, it never got picked up, but I am lucky to have this big budget, you know, detective Aaron Spelling produced a detective show with Mariska Hargitay Ty or whatever. And uh, again, her stalker is famous, but I'm just, I, he's so famous I can't remember his name. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: Tell us about. No. He's <laughs> on one of those shows, like like you just mentioned, one of those popular shows that uh yeah I'm oblivious to. But anyway. That's that's one of our brushes with Hollywood there. Well, that doesn't
0: mean they're bad,
2: Ronnie, just because <laughs> no. you're
0: oblivious to them.
2: No, no, I, just, I hear The Wire, you know, people that like The Wire seem to like it a lot, so, you know. It's, of I mean, my it's, it's, it's,
0: it's got a slightly different vibe than Melrose Place, so just, yeah,
2: <laughs> slightly different. <laughs> I just want to make that full circle and say, Greg, uh, my dear friend who works at Omnivore Recordings, who reissued our records, lives in the complex they use as, as an exterior for Melrose Place.
3: It no still kidding. does.
2: Whoa. Still lives there. Why? Yeah, yeah. So, so just to tie it in there.
0: Does he have? When people come over, they kind of just sort of like squint their eyes a little bit, and like.
2: Ah, uh, it drives around. him crazy. It, it still happens a little bit. He says, like some of those Hollywood tours will still do it. It's not, not as rampant as the old days when the show was more yeah. popular. Yeah, but, yeah. uh Well, yeah. It,
0: if they ever remake it or something, which I'm sure is probably going to happen. <laughs> <sighs> you know it will.
2: Yeah. We were also uh, uh, on this uh, E uh, program um, talking about our Rolling Stone photo shoot, and it was hosted by Laura Layton from from Melrose Place, the one who played Sydney. Oh, so. okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, another Muffs Melrose Place connection <laughs> for you all. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A, that's that's, a, that's more than one would <laughs> expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be. So.
0: <laughs> so was the conceit of this show that like it was just going to be like what was the conceit of the show? It's like a detective show you said, right? But like this is the the pilot was you guys. Like you weren't going to be like series regulars or anything else.
2: No, no, no. They they were kind of they were dropping some uh character development for the uh it, it was a it was a uh it was a young multi multi-racial and multi uh gender cast uh of 3. There was the the young handsome you know, Brad Pitty, white guy, and there was the goofy Eddie Murphy esque uh, African American male, and then there was the the hot blonde female, uh, who all lived together. But but as I say in the in the plot of the show, there's some character development where like the girl's boyfriend doesn't know she's a cop. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it. I get yeah. It. Yeah. So, you know, and, and uh, uh, one of the characters... Why didn't you tell me? I thought you
3: trusted me.
2: One of the characters, X, is in prison for some reason. Yeah, yeah, so, so there was a little of that. Um, but, yeah, it didn't get picked up. But um, another memory I have about that is when we are being made up, uh, the makeup lady came in and started giving direction. And she pointed to me and said, put a lot of moose in his hair. Make him look wild. And, bla- and I was like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a uh, uh, we're portraying, we're not cast as the band here. We're portraying ourselves. And yeah. <laughs> she had to, she had to call somebody and get some direction who, who said like, no, no, they can look how they want. And, uh,
0: yeah, that's the band is already like, appropriately wild. I at think. At and I remember a line
2: be, being, an Aaron spelling fan at the time. I remember she said like, well, you know, I just did this on on a model sink and, uh, we made them look this way.
3: And <laughs> oh model
2: zick another short-lived Aaron spelling show
0: i was gonna say like yeah this this is this is
2: uh that one actually made it on the air yeah yeah that one actually (laughs) made it on the air but uh yeah why this one didn't i don't know but it didn't make it oh well but yeah we wouldn't have been a recurring character we were just there for the the pilot so so
0: which is which is still makes for a fascinating story of course so that's that's
2: yeah 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 that's
0: so that takes us to uh, you know are like so, so like like mid mid to mid late nineties you're you're doing uh, Happy Birthday to Me right that's uh... yeah yeah
2: yeah so so yeah all that's that flurry of activity uh, after Blonder and then uh, yeah cut to two years later uh, again April or March ninety uh, seven uh, our third album and a uh, and our band's personal favorite by the way Happy Birthday to Me comes out and and and, and by that point, the writing was kind of on the wall that, 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 uh, we were going to be dropped pretty, pretty quickly after it came out, but they, they did, they left, they left us on our own on that point. I mean, uh, you know, um, uh, look at that point, our A&R guy, Rob had become, uh, a famous producer, you know, in the wake of green day. So we kind of didn't have much A&R direction anymore and he was busy and, 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 you know, he produced *Blonder*, but but we were on our own on, on *Happy Birthday*. He, he kind of oversaw it, if you will, to a certain extent. But um, right. The credit is produced by the Muffs, which which basically means produced by Kim. And um, you know, we we we. Again, this is all nutty now to to kids of today, but uh. You know, we spent 200 grand making Happy Birthday to Me. You know? Which is crazy. I mean, it, it,
0: it is like, I mean, I would say from an outside perspective, like, I, I say it probably is your best record, but it, yeah, it is crazy to think about 90s budgets and like, what?
2: Oh my God, we can make like,
0: you know, 40 No, and it's for crazy.
2: <laughs> no, no, you can do that and you can make them sound better now than that. But, you know, back then, you're a lot different. Into
3: different times. Yeah.
2: Being, at, being in those big studios, yeah, we re- we recorded at, at um, uh, Western. You know, we were next to, the people recording next to us, there were three rooms there, uh, were Eric Clapton and Jeff Healy. So that tells you,
0: yeah, yeah it tells you, tells the, you a little. The bit kind of where you're circles
2: at. we had to work, yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, so when you say spend two hundred grand, I mean that's like studio time, mainly, and it's also, you know, back then you'd be like, oh, you know what would sound good on this? A Les Paul Junior. Let's rent one, and then you have you have it delivered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah it no, sounds totally.
2: good and then, and then you, and you're you like huh well let's go back and re-record the this sounds good let's re-record the other songs with this and you know that kind of thing and well you know um, having a drum roadie full-time there tuning drums and
3: yeah eating well
2: yeah yeah we took salaries out of that so you know it, and again people are always like well you know that's all money you got to pay back and it's like yeah, but what you don't understand is that's money, yeah, we do have to pay back if we were to earn actual royalties from records. Yeah, if we would ever have any Set up where they give you, like, a check for 200 grand and say, go for it. Like, yeah. you know, like, so there's no way to actually get that money uh, except putting budgets for you to live on at the time. And, and you know, so, you know, again, yeah, are we ever going to, ro- you know, earn royalties from that record no but you know it was fun to spend that money and uh what can you say unless you know the guys in mud honey i gotta say are an exception because they signed a reprise made a record for eight grand and actually were able to keep enough money to put down payments on houses and yeah. stuff so
3: yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah good for them that's all that's but uh yeah that's yeah. Mud honey like mud honey can yeah
3: it's... no
2: no no i had to let go at a certain point the fact that like um The reason that 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 I was in this band was because I was in a band with a really talented singer songwriter, but I was also with uh, in a band with a perfectionist that was going to use every bit of uh, money we were given to try and
0: make the best thing possible.
2: Make the best thing possible. So, you know, would, would would I be talking to you? You know, if I if she didn't do that, you know what. You know, I'd be lying to say it didn't like frustrate me at times that we could have earned more money in our band, but you know, that's the way it was. So.
0: Well, and I think at a certain point either way you just got to let go of it too. I mean, there's what are you going to yeah. do? It's 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 situational, like it's and it's it's hard not to take it as like a personal <laughs> affront almost sometimes, yeah. but you know, it's there's you can have like the best thing in the world And situationally, it's just, you know, not the right time or like it's just, you know, something else is going on. Like it's not, it's not lucky as it turns out. And right, right. it's, I think part of, part of adulthood, hopefully for most folks is, is realizing that and kind of just being okay with wherever you're at and, you know, doing the work really.
2: Right. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Be happy with the work and be happy that it exists and that you're doing good work. Yeah. That's all you can really do. But yeah, so happy birthday comes out And, and actually we weren't it took a few months to get dropped. We did get tour support and go on tour and, and, uh, you know, uh, in fact, that was, we were actually playing bigger places on that tour. Uh, we, that's when we headlined the Fillmore. Um, I'm not saying it's, it was sold out, but it was respectable.
3: I mean, it's still,
0: it's still a freaking Fillmore. I mean, <laughs>
2: no, no, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I was like I saw Tom Petty do like a twenty night run. Well, I didn't see all twenty nights. I saw one night, but like and I was yeah
2: like, yeah, oh, yeah yeah awesome cool. No, and we and we played there a couple of times before opening for bands uh, like Veruca Salt. But yeah, sure. no, we, we you know. But uh, so it's under happy your own birthday. power,
0: and there's something to be said for doing something like that under your own power. Is it just like yeah you know, yeah yeah cool. no,
2: and li- and like I say, it was it was it was a good crowd. It was not you know yeah we didn't get canceled. Johnny Rotten canceled the the night before us uh, in '97. Johnny Rotten solo. Uh, that probably has more to do with his high guarantee than, <laughs> yeah, than our ticket sales or whatever. But anyway, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, or yeah, so, or it's, it's Johnny. I mean, who who knows, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. So 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 at this point, at this point, we're we're, you know, we just made a record we're really proud of, and um, and and we've been on this kind of you hear you hear the cliche you're the, uh, write record, make you know, record comes out tour the record you're on that that kind of yeah, the cycle. treadmill and uh a and treadmill we, we suffering we, <laughs> yeah we we didn't know any different so we, we 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 got signed by fat mike uh pretty quick after that and uh and did the same thing our next record alert today lights tomorrow came out in 99 so two years later. years later um yeah and uh that i i apologized to to mike about this um a few years ago when i saw i i don't run into him ever but uh I ran into him at a friend's memorial and I just said, look, I, I want to apologize uh, for having you having you have to deal with our, our manager and not us, you know, because uh, we we were used to being managed and and have them do everything. And, and it, it was not the easiest situation to have um, kind of a, a manager who's used to work in the kind of big label thing all of a sudden as opposed to
0: like like a punk rock thing where it's like there's resources yeah but it's coming from a punk rock place and a different
2: exactly and we're and we're, we're transitioning at this point now it's easy to you know now now things are different and you know it's been 20 years since then and the business has evolved as it has but uh you know at that point yeah we're still you know we still recorded in a pretty decent studio and uh right you know so, uh, yeah, so that record came out. We signed to Fat Records. We turned in the record, um, and uh, obviously, it's us, so it's not really a punk record, even though we appeal to some people in that audience. Um, so that's why it ended up on Honest Don. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why, a,
0: that's why it was on the subsidiary, right? I mean, it was, it was like yeah, yeah, it was yeah, more kind of, like, stuff that didn't quite fit the Fat Records motif.
2: Yeah, it was the more poppy stuff. So it was, like, us and Chicks Dick It and... You know um the lillingtons i'm trying to remember other bands yeah so, so
0: crashers i think we're on that right
2: yeah 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 so um you know and look i got no complaints he, he put out the record we made it looks good uh we did what we wanted we still toured we're still toured the country at that point um still went overseas um that's another thing i want to mention that uh uh Touring overseas was, was really an amazing thing for our band. Um, I know people hear this a lot. Big in Japan, big in Spain. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, big in Poughkeepsie.
2: <laughs> big, big in Poughkeepsie. But, uh, you know, there, there are those pockets where 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 people really do appreciate rock and roll. And I'm not saying we're like T-Trick at Budokan. But, like, you know, we'd go to those places and pe- people would cry in our presence and be so happy that we were there and... and You know, and that went on to Central America and Italy. I mean, just those are the places. They they like rock and roll. It's still that way. So, yeah, and
0: then that's and that does still happen too. And it's always like it's always such a pleasant surprise where it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, (laughs) you can dig this, huh?
2: (laughs) No, no, and they know they know stuff and they know deep stuff and they have all your records and yeah, and they give you gifts and it's it's really amazing. Yeah, so. I did hate to travel, but, you know, it was worth it after those 11-hour plane trips to uh, be in the middle of that kind of situation. So, yeah. So so that brings us to, uh, I don't know if you want to still cruise through the timeline. Yeah, let's, like, keep, let's
0: keep going. We're, uh, this, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. yeah. So.
2: so. So, yeah, Alert Today uh, came out. And then, um, and then uh, I guess, you know, if you go year of release, it, it was five years before our next record, uh, which is called Really, Really Happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out on a label called five foot two. Five foot two was a label that was, uh, that was done for a little bit, uh, run by Anna Warren Kerr from that dog. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Charlotte Caffey from, from the Go-Go's, uh, who are respectively married to Jeff and Steve McDonald. Uh, so, so, or Steve and Jeff McDonald in that order. Um, so they were friends and, and they started a label and wanted to put out our record. Um, you know, gave us a little bit of a budget. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't have it in front of me. I, I I really can't remember where, I don't remember where we made that record, which is crazy, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> um, after a while it all kind of, kind of runs together. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I, guess. Was, um, like, but, you, I always try to think about like, who was president during that time? Like,
2: <laughs> that, that usually will, will at
0: least get me in the right direction.
2: Yeah, 04. Mm. Uh, but you know, I, again, it didn't seem like those five years went pretty quick. It didn't, you know, we continued to tour and play gigs. And, and that's the thing, like when people can pinpoint your career by these, you know, marks of the release of the records. But but we remain. It's not besides, usually the
0: way you think about it when you're. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah.
2: Besides after, and you know, after Really, Really Happy, we still tour. We did a tour of the country with this Queen opening, uh, too. We, that was the last. That was the last time we kind of got in a van and did the cross-country tour. Um, and, you know, bands don't generally really do that anymore at this point. Um, yeah,
0: unless you're unless you're a band that's already kind of made a circuit for yourself, all uh you know, Melvin.
2: Exactly, a like ones. a Melvin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you're it, just like it,
0: insane and tour like Black Flag, like Lung, and just like that's what you do. But it's, Right,
2: right, right. It, I mean, just for You know, the Melvins have a circuit where they're playing, you know, they're filling big clubs and they're able to do it. Um,
0: well, cause, but, because you know, they've worked it in a way that they've you know they've they've built something up and they maintain the garden you know <laughs> like the, yeah. yeah 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 no no and
2: they and they can actually draw in like Oklahoma City whereas right. like you know a band like us we always did well in the metropolitan yeah Chicago cities, will be great
0: New York Seattle and yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
2: you know when you cruise
0: through Rapid City it's a bit of a drag yeah
2: yeah yeah and and, and those shows weren't good for our particular band morale either uh, maybe it's kind of the the act that we kind of do, um, right. I don't know, but yeah, playing. We, we started. I remember we tell our start telling our booking agent. No Florida on this one. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I don't mean to alienate listeners and yeah. fans of our band. But, Thank you to
0: all our Florida fans.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I get, no, I get it though. I get it. I mean,
2: but just got to know where
0: it's going to be sustainable. You know.
2: Yeah. And look, I got friends, uh, you know, we have mutual friends like Kepi Gooley. Kepi will play any town. He'll play the basement of a kid's, you know, parent's house. He'll play yeah. in a garage, literally. Um, we were never that kind of band, you know, for better or worse. Uh, you know, so like I say, Oh, four. Yeah. It's kind of the last time we got in a van and did that. And that, that tour went well, but, um,
0: long gone John he, put out the LP, right?
2: Uh, he did. He did. That's right. And, um, Look, going back to Happy Birthday, Todd Abramson, the owner of Maxwell's, put out that one on vinyl on Telstar. So Nice. Um, Which
0: is also hard to think about that at the time. Like, the vinyl was the more, like, niche item, to be yeah, no. to, to be sure.
2: Vi- <laughs> Which is major crazy, labels, but- <laughs> By 97, yeah, my, major labels didn't want to mess with vinyl so much that they're like, yeah, you can do the vinyl on this, no problem. Um, <laughs> I mean, our first album didn't even come out on vinyl at the time. Yeah. Like, in 93. And... And back then, a lot of things would come out on import and not domestic. Like, uh, I remember getting the Babes in Toyland, um, uh, record on reprise, like an import copy. Cause U S didn't put it out. Um,
0: right, right. You get it any way you can, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, uh,
2: anyway, uh, so yeah, really, was,
0: really uh, happy. You're, 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 really, really
2: happy. you're doing we're your still tour. The still doing the, yeah. 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 So that happened and that was fine. And you know, we're, we're proud of that record. It's probably a little too long. Um, it's hard with our band because our songs are short. So if you put seventeen songs on a record, it's not like it's a really long record, but it's a lot of songs. But so. it's also
0: hard to it's also hard to articulate for folks that didn't live in it in that CD era. That was pretty standard. Like you yes. just like oh, you can fit how much
2: in here? Great. And well, yeah. no, and we weren't like Soundgarden making like sixty-five minute
3: records.
0: Oh my God, for- we listened to uh, 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 just recently, like in January, we listened to what is it? A uh, uh, down down on the upside, right? Yes. And yes. uh and good record. Like I actually realized I kind of be like, Oh, you know, I there's a couple songs I can fuck right off, but you know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a pretty good record, but holy crap it's
2: long. I was like, Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it's like <laughs> it's like a sixty five minute record. Like Jesus. Right, which is why in the vinyl reissue age, all these things come out on double vinyl. You yeah, know? Uh, I, I,
0: and I even <laughs> said like, you know, look, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and tell them then cut that song right out. Like, you don't need it. Like, it's fine.
2: Get get it out of there. Well, yeah, yeah. You cut <laughs> off a couple of songs, make it a fifty-minute record, yeah, which exactly. is still long, and it's gonna and it's like rock solid. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it um, is
0: it is indicative of the era that that was that was pretty pretty standard to like have like it almost well, felt like you were giving more value, but unfortunately, it means it means that like a lot of the. A lot of the records are, like, maybe one or two well, songs too long.
2: With our, ba- with our band, those 17 songs made, like, 38 minutes. Well, yeah, because you all know? your songs are, like, yeah, two yeah, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like a lot of them, we'd always say, like, look, it's. I know it's a minute 50, but it's got, you know, it's got an intro. It's got two verses, three choruses, a bridge, a solo, an outro, you know?
0: Yeah, you, ha- you have your Won't Get Fooled Again, which is, like, three minutes and seven seconds, you know?
2: Yeah, so... Um, so after, after really, really happy is where we kind of like took a breather and, and we did, we took about three and a half years off where we didn't, uh, we still remained friends. We didn't like break up or anything, but we, uh, we just didn't do anything.
0: You just weren't uh, the muffs as in the muffs being in the cycle and doing, you know, going on the road, making records, et cetera, et
2: cetera. Yeah. Yeah. We would have to, we wouldn't get any offers that we couldn't, you know, turn down or anything. And it just, I, you know, now I look back, I, I, I see that like we needed a breather at that time. Um, So it worked out pretty
0: hard for like a really long time. So no, no, no,
2: exactly. Exactly. And then, um, you know, uh, so, so yeah, that, that break was just organically happened. Uh, again, we, we still would, would talk to each other and, and even like have dinners together every now and then. And, and what happened was like, we got a offer to, to go back to Spain. We hadn't been to Spain since 95. So it's somewhere, um, Let's see, a four, a five. Oh, I guess the next year I actually uh, toured with a band called Disc Queen, uh for a year and a half. I actually joined the band. Uh, they're from Seattle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm very familiar. Uh, they're, they're, I think they have it's a good it's a combination of I think it's a difficult name and one of the coolest names too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've always loved their band name, and like it, it kind of blew me away. So I'm like, yeah, like that's not like a standard household term. Like I'm sure they had the thing where the marquee was spelled any manner of creative ways but i always thought it was a really good name
2: yeah no it's a, it's a really good name because it's got queen in there and like yeah again it's not like a it's not a popular i didn't know what a this queen was yeah after I, I, I had no idea i just saw, like I, yeah. I saw
0: like one of the records I'm like that's what is that wow that looks cool like
2: <laughs> yeah uh and and you know that happened uh, uh the original bass point of this queen was kim warnick from the fastbacks who you probably know For and course, um yeah. kim kim retired from music at the time at, at age 40 funny to think about that now um yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah right jesus christ and they, they had a
2: <laughs> again they they had yeah they, they had some live work that they wanted to do so i they were a fun band and uh, i joined that band for a year and a half and um i would have stayed in the band only you know they're from seattle and i had to i couldn't afford to go up there to the hell um, yeah, yeah 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 so um anyway I, I did that for a year and a half and so that was part of our break i guess and um yeah, and what happened was we got offered to to go to Spain. We hadn't been to Spain since nineteen ninety five, um, and uh, so let's see, more phones. Yeah, so that we're talking like uh, late 08, early 09, something like that. Um, we went to Spain, and it, it went it went really amazing. And um, that's about the time where that I kind of alluded to earlier, where where I started to kind of where things kind of where where all of a sudden we we became like a uh, established band uh, with a reputation that can go tour and people uh, start referring to us as legendary and stuff. Right,
0: <laughs> you, which um. is really just you've been around <laughs> long enough and, you know, you have enough. Yeah, 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 which uh, <laughs> se- seemed hilarious at the time. But, uh, hey, you, you guys know? have a legend now. What? When, when did that happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So, Did you tell so, the
0: uh, 12 people in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but.
2: No, 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 no. So that led into that, and, and you know, over the years, um, again, I mentioned him earlier. Todd at Maxwell's would fly us out. We would do New York and, and, and Hoboken over the years on a regular basis, um, and uh, yeah, we started assembling new songs to to make our next record, which became Whoopie Doo. And and doo Doo would have come out, it would have come out two years earlier, because uh, we had it done, but we were trying to decide. Who was first off? Who was going to put it out? And secondly, the the Pixies came along,
0: right? Which is a fascinating sort of sidecar story.
2: Yeah, no, it really, uh, <laughs> it really is. I remember uh, Kim and Roy were having a we didn't do this a lot, but like band, we're having a band meeting at Kim's house, so I go to Kim's house, and you know, uh, we're we're discussing this, blah blah blah, and she just kind of drops in there. So I'm in the Pixies. And so, anyway, what we're going to do is what? Well, they're like, wait, wait, wait. wait. Whoa, whoa, what? Back, back the truck what? up. What? What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she had earlier in the year, she had done. I, I knew her and Charles. Uh, Charles is Black Francis, and mm-hmm. a, and Frank Black. For those who don't know, spoiler um, alert. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, no, he's. Uh, yeah, that's common knowledge at this point. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's, it's her and story. Charles, uh, her and Charles have become friends. Um, in fact, the year before that. Kim filled in for Kim Deal, uh, Precursor Alert. Uh, There there was a benefit that they did at the Echo Plex here, or at the Echo, uh, for something. And uh, I wasn't able to attend, but um, they did like four songs. So Kim actually filled in and did three Pixie songs. And the Pixies did Onina by The Muffs, which I've never gotten to hear. Oh, man. Nice. You know how the... Pixies fans put up the Pixies songs Kim did with them, but not the must songs of the Pixies. Right, right. Oh, so <laughs> They played some able, other song
0: I didn't know, too.
2: <laughs> I was never able to actually, yeah, hear that. But uh, but I remember the time being just so blown away, you know, as you and everybody and all of us. The Pixies yeah. are so important to all of us, um, you know, growing up and in that time. But and and. There was nobody sound like the Pixies. Um,
0: well, and it was so insane to even think about there being a Pixies without Kim Deal too. Of like, whoa! Oh well, yeah, yeah, How no, no, did you Kim, do that? Yeah.
2: Oh, Kim was so important to the Pixies, yeah. And, and yeah, we all are on the same page there. But uh, uh, <laughs> in retrospect, I guess Kim Deal knew when to get out of the Pixies. Oh no, uh, yeah, she. In <laughs> retrospect, she had that unlocked. Like, yeah. it's okay to do these reunion tours for a while, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't. I won't comment here or there, and they're. The records they've made without Kim deal. Anyway, Kim. So we have this meeting and Kim's like, yeah, I'm in the Pixies." So I look like, what? and they're like, finally it slows down. I'm like, Roy knew already. They didn't want to tell me cause they know I have a big mouth and I have trouble not gossiping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so basically it was like, okay, look, uh, we're not breaking up the muffs. I'm still in the muffs, but I'm going to tour the pixies. And, um, uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to tour the pixies that, the. the you know, summer to fall this year, we're going to put out whoop doo next year. Um, I believe we'd already found burger records as a home for it at that point. Yeah.
0: But, that was uh, right about when they're kind of spinning up to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, stuff, uh, and, you like, know, that was like right down the line for, you know,
2: and that was a, uh, that was kind of organic too. Cause uh, you know, it, 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 us having this finished record we're shopping um, was in the same time frame as, as Bur- the ascension of burger records and, 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 uh, Lee from Burger touring with Red Cross. Uh, yeah, I guess I should mention the same time that I um, uh, did Visqueen, Roy had reformed with Red Cross, that, that Neurotica lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started playing live and, and you know, making a, a record. And, and so all that's in the same time frame. So what happened was Lee from Berger uh, was in the van selling merch for Red Cross on a Red Cross tour. And so... Um, I mentioned to Roy, like, hey, t- t- you know, work on Lee uh, <laughs> as far as the Muff's record. Uh. Right, right. So
0: he's got a little time anyway, you know. <laughs> and
2: uh, and, it, and it, it, a little backstory there. Me and Lee had met because we both went on a uh, double date with uh, two girls who were best friends. Me and Lee didn't know each other. But on this double date, me and Lee ended up talking more than we did to our dates. So we we, we really hit it off. And I remember doing a, a mail order of a bunch of cassettes from Burger. I didn't I didn't mention it to Lee at that time, but Lee had wrote on the uh, on the uh, padded envelope like, "Hey, Roddy, remember that that double date we went on?" And so, anyway, uh, uh, Lee was uh, receptive, and uh, you know. Played him a little bit of the record but didn't really have to lee lee was already lee and subsequently sean his partner at burger they were receptive to putting out a new muffs record and um so that's how that happened and, and what and and basically the the, the pixie thing uh as is as is historically noted uh ended up with them letting go of kim uh which was uh uh Again, as Kim put it at the time, look, it sucks to be fired, but uh, on the other hand, I, I, I was given a tour itinerary for the whole next year, even after that whole three months of touring I did, and I didn't see how I was going to be able to do it. Because um, on one hand, they're doing cushy gigs, and they're staying in cushy hotels and flying first class. Oh my God. What a dream of mine to fly first class one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I did comfort plus once and I felt like a emperor. So I can only, imagine. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I,
2: I would always upgrade to that middle business class just yeah. for that little bit of extra leg room. But, uh, yeah, I, never, never first class, but, um, yeah. And so they let Kim go and, and, which is uh, crazy
0: because it seems, it seems like they let her go basically for being her, which is like, wasn't that the whole goddamn reason you had her in the band? And apparently Well, not, that's but. the
2: thing. When you hire Kim, you're going to get Kim no matter, you know, what. And, you know, if you watch videos and stuff, I saw them, you know. Kim was great in the band. Like, I really – they did a warm-up show at The Echo, like, Unbuild. And I remember when they, they started – I don't remember what they opened with, but they did Bone Machine, like, Song 3. Mm-hmm. And when – when they came in with that harmony and Kim was right on that harmony, I, I got the, I'm still getting the chills thinking about it now. Like yeah. she was good. And it's not like she was, you know, a lot was made of the stage diving incident or whatever. Um, that's not what got her kicked out of the band that happened. Like show four, like, you know, she did a whole nother three months after that show. Right. Um, but that said, she did do that, but she wasn't jumping all over the stage or anything. I mean, Pixie's, on that tour, they had lighting where they were kind of like illuminated, but like lit where they were just looked like shadows. Like yeah. you couldn't see faces. She was staying on her side of the stage. She was, you know, rocking her head, but she wasn't, you know, jumping up and yeah. Anyway, whatever. So, so Charles gets a lot of heat. I always like to clear this up too. Cause, cause being the band leader, you get a lot of heat for stuff, decisions. Uh, Charles, she, she was Charles's pick for the Pixies, and Charles actually liked her in the band, and they were friends. Uh, and I won't go too much into this, but I will say it was other members of the band that were not happy with her, and they, they were not... Look, she was a new member. She was getting a lot of attention. Uh, members of the band that had been in the band, you know, maybe sitting down behind the drums and... Uh, you know, maybe weren't happy that she was getting more attention in the band than, than they were. Well,
0: and it's 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 a it's a delicate alchemy, anyway, right? Especially with a band that has had problems. Yeah. In, has had problems in the past, and you know, there's I don't know. it, 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 it seems like that reunion, especially as much as I enjoy the shows. Uh, don't get me wrong. It, it seems like there was there was definitely a sell by date and there was certainly a, a mindset towards like, cool, let's cash some more checks. And I could say, well, this,
2: yeah, this is the thing. And, and I, I, I can say to, that
0: you don't have to say that you don't have to agree with it, but that's
2: no, 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 no. I'm not, I'll just say in general, like when, band, when bands do this reunion thing, I was joked that we should have broken up so we could reunite. Right. After you can't, you can't, you can't have, can have the reunion if you don't break up. Yeah. No, no. Cause <laughs> what, what happens and I, I won't name any names here, but, 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 you know, yeah, you, you reunite. People are happy to see you. You do your big victory tour. You're not, you know, and, and that goes great. goes really great. Then you can you can maybe do a follow-up like that. But at that point, you got to decide, are you going to make a record Making of new material? New record, or, yeah, exactly. Are, are we a living yeah. band
0: or is it an oldies act, you know?
2: And so, is it Three yeah, Dog it,
0: Night or is it uh, Wire, you
2: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And, you know, as the oldies, you know, are you going to be, as appreciated that second time through, you know, or the gigs going to be quite as good. I mean, I, you know, it's different in different circumstances, but yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, you got to make some decisions there. So I guess at a certain point, they, it all leads, if they stay together, it all leads to, for better or worse, to use that phrase again, making a new record. So, you know, and was I disappointed the Pixies record didn't sound like Doolittle? Not really. Cause I didn't expect it to, yeah. you know, I'd heard, I'd heard, the Frank black records in between, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's no reason to think. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's anyway. Yeah. Enough said,
0: enough said on that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bit of a tangent there, but it's well,
0: no, uh, no, but it's a worthwhile one. And I actually feel like it'd be disingenuous not to bring it up. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, but anyway, so, so that Pixies thing worked out as it, as, as, you know, looking back as it should have. So, which led into, to the following year, Oh, Four, no i mean a uh, 14 uh which made the 10 year mark. Since really really happy um it it got a lot of attention for our record our record came out springtime we always come out in the springtime um uh, except for no holiday we'll get to that though um uh, so so yeah whoop you doo our first record in 10 years it got a lot of attention and it got a lot of attention because of and look, people are always like, how do I get attention for my record? Do I hire a publicist? Blah, blah, blah. I, you can hire a publicist, but there's only so much. You got to have that, that kind of X factor. Like, yeah. you got to have a little luck, and you got to have people wanting to write about you. At that point, we had the story of first record in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have Pixies, that one
0: narrative hook thing, then like, you're not even going to be able yeah. to get in the door. Yeah.
2: We, we, we had that. We had the, the, the post Pixies breakup thing, and yeah. then we had Burger Records which Burger Records was, was red hot at that point. So, uh, so we actually got a lot of attention for that. Like, I remember like entertainment weekly premiered our video, which our friend Sarah was nice enough to do for us. Um, you know, so, so yeah, that, that gave us a lot of attention and we we were able to, you know, go to all the foreign places I mentioned afterwards. And, 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 and that, I will go back a few years when I was talking about, uh, when we reformed after the Spain trip and learning to cut that, we could kind of work places without having a record. That's when we started doing the fly-ins, which is very popular with all bands now, but where you just kind of book three or four shows, uh, fly in, play rented equipment, rent a van, you know, and, um, you know, and that really worked well for us. I would always be astounded that we could book three shows somewhere, have our own hotel rooms, which, yeah, we're adults, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> right, you're not 20 years old anymore,
3: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have
2: our own hotel rooms, <laughs> pay for a van, pay for the back line, and still come home with, with you know, a couple of grand each. Uh, and, of course, merch sales go into that and stuff. And, well, and well,
0: of course, but the fact that you can make it sustainable is, is always such a nice thing. The, the thing I always found annoying is it seems like just right when you get into the groove of it, it's like oh, and it's over. Okay.
2: Well, there's that. Yeah, there is that factor. But again, where are you going to go after that? Burlington, Vermont. You know, yeah. like <laughs> you, you put. Again, no offense to Burlington. Vermont. Yeah.
0: Apologies to we, our Burlington listeners. Yeah.
2: We had to. <laughs> I get you. I think a, I think of Burlington because it was in '97. We did this this show headlining Tramps in New York City, and it was great. It's like. Eight hundred people. Yeah, and then there's the show the 10. next day. No, and the next day was Burlington, Vermont, where we played the fifty people. Yeah, yeah you got so. forty
0: people, and like, ah, oh, okay,
2: that's, that's always after any trip like that trip to Japan. There's always something that brings you right back to reality. It's like going back to your day job. And, yeah, in my case, working at a record store and having somebody give you shit about uh, you know buying VHS tapes, <laughs> like uh, you know, <laughs>
0: right, exactly. Just uh, the the the, uh, the pin for your balloon.
2: Yeah, you it always you're always brought back to yeah Yeah. anyway uh so 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 what do do came out got a big uh, yeah good reaction um uh again all the shows were love fest at this point and 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 we just kept doing the fly-ins and we were working towards making um another record uh kim was always kind of prolific writing songs so so even after we had a new record we don't always be like at least a couple new songs in the set so we were already playing new songs and um uh, and and it's it's interesting because in the past, Kim, when she she would demo songs, um, and you can hear some of these as bonus tracks on those those deluxe reissues of our early mm-hmm. records. But 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 she, Kim, people would be like, and why does she need you and Roy in the band again? <laughs> because 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 uh, the song stood up on their own. The song stood up yeah. on their own. She would do these demos that sounded like the band, and she was like cutting up cutting up roy drum tracks and making them fit and you know these new songs and they're really amazing i want to do a release of of kim demos like that'd be fascinating yeah you know yeah yeah like a scoop you know pete townsend thing um but for 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 this this which turned out to be our last batch of songs she was like i don't want to do that this time um let's work them up as bands and you know and look to mention Soundgarden again, we didn't jam. That's not how these songs were written. You know, they're pop songs, as you know. Pop songs aren't written by jamming riffs. You know, right. um, uh, You know, and I and I was under Kim. Bless her heart, she would always be like, "You should write songs, Ronnie." And I'd be like, "People, first off, people don't want that, and secondly, <laughs> secondly, I don't have I don't have the gift. You know, I don't. Yeah. Ha- and to my credit, a lot of band members think they have the gift." And they write songs and then end yeah. up on records. And I that really ends up, shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> that ends up being the downfall of the band, you know, often. um
0: Or at least makes uh, for albums that are would be amazing, only okay, looking at you, Sloan.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bell and Sebastian's a really good example of that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, not to, again, throw people under the bus. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't care.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 um I, you know, I'm out of the business. So what do I care? Um, it's kind of refreshing in that respect right right <laughs> um so so uh, anyway she's like I don't want to do these full demos for these songs look I'm just gonna do like acoustic versions you guys can hear um and then we'll we'll practice them as a band and that that's kind of what we did and uh, so so uh, this is gonna bring us to uh, yeah to Kim Kim getting sick and and what happened was kind of like we we've been working steadily for so long we kind of like uh, and, and and this is coming from on we're exactly at the three year mark of this. Um, we we had finally made it to South America and and
0: yeah, I saw you the, posted up the uh, the the Facebook memory I think or something just recently. Yeah,
2: which which,
0: which was yeah,
2: it was unbelievable and, and 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 um, so we did three dates there. We had one more date um, to play up in Vancouver with our old friends, the Smugglers. Um, as they were doing a reunion gig uh, mm-hmm. So so that's going to bring us to next month So And that'll be our last That was the last show we we purposely booked Because um, we just wanted to take a break And kind of like uh, I think Kim wanted to write just a few more You know how uh, writing a record You're like okay You kind of look at all the songs You're like okay we have these songs uh, We could use maybe two more uh, not that it's calculated but you know what i mean two more rockers uh, right
0: right you you, you want to establish you you realize maybe what's missing and how to fill that in with a certain type of song without necessarily trying to fill a quota
2: yeah and not and i don't want to want it to come off like it's a formula but you know it, there are different colors to a record um and, yeah. and, and like you,
0: know, you, and you don't maybe don't... don't even realize like it's weighted more towards one or the other until you're like oh wait no we this is we need to break well, yeah. this up somehow or, you know, like whatever, take and it that
2: cannot, And that can also lead to uh, writing another, just gem of a, another song too, that you didn't think you needed, but it might be the best song that ends up on the record. Totally. Um, yeah. So anyway, we, we, purposefully took the summer off to kind of just catch our breaths and not book anything. And, and we've been working steadily for so many years. Um, and, and, and so we did that. And, and, again, stayed in touch and whatever. But um, I remember, uh, so our last show we did was, was in May of uh, uh, 2017. Uh, and, and, and so it was about August. We, we we would talk, but about August, me and Kim got together. She picked me up. We were going to do a podcast for our friend Bruce Duff. And uh, so she picked me up and she kind of like, casually mentions that she's been having trouble gripping with her left hand hmm. and uh it's like yeah i'm seeing some doctor you know but and i'm like uh this hmm i mean you can, you know i'm just asking normal quite you know yeah can't grip at all does it hurt is it pain but but you know whatever and so we do the podcast and um i can't remember what bruce's podcast is called but if you look it up this is actually immortalized now which is incredible but it gets brought up on the podcast and, and you hear her say like you know doctors think it's probably carpal tunnel or something i'm gonna you know it's getting attention it's gonna be okay and you hear me say well i'm very concerned and i was and i, and I was kind of I'm, I'm always kind of the worried war member of the band and the kind of fragile one like that but um you actually hear us talk about this and uh so her
0: is it called tone deaf is that it
2: yeah yeah <laughs> okay
0: cool it's, it, it's yeah. uh number 22 i just
2: oh that's it okay yeah yeah that's it that's it i thought you talked about me being tone deaf <laughs> which could be true too <laughs> Hey-o. Hey-o. um yeah it's that one so so um so you know uh another month or two go by and she's sing. i see her again and again this one I shared this on Facebook. This ended up on a Yahoo story. Um, If anyone wants wants to read a good story that kind of sums this up, Yahoo, uh, my friend Lindsey Parker did a story for Yahoo Music, uh, which is illustrated. You know, I kind of lay down this whole thing, the whole making of the record, uh, very detailed and stuff, if anyone wants to read about it. But there's a picture that I shared there where um, our friend Derek Anderson made a record. And on on the... On this song, he had the uh, Peterson sisters and the Bangles and Kim back him up, and he wanted to kind of reform that band for this kind of back, for this Wild Honey Backyard show he was doing. And uh, Kim had to say, like, look, I can't play guitar right now, but I'll play tambourine and sing. And, and so she did. So this is probably eh, late August. Um, so there's a picture of her that our friend Steve Oak just kind of casually took. He didn't know what was going on. Kim's holding her hand up to me. You see, you see my face looking at the camera and you see the back of Kim and her hand, holding her hand up right to my face. And I look concerned. And, uh, what she was doing was showing me the how She can't move her hand. And, um, again, at this point, uh, it had progressed to where a doctor thought it was a nerve in her neck. um, Uh, not to get too medical, but nerves in your neck are related to movement in your hand and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, so again, she had a good attitude, thought it was going to be fixable. Um, And then in October, uh, I'll preface this by saying that Kim, that ALS ran in Kim's family, her father passed away from it, um, which was very tough. And, uh, an aunt, and, and, Kim was always scared of getting it. She would bring it up sometimes. Um, and in October, she got diagnosed by a doctor who said it's most likely ALS. And this doctor did not know her family history. So uh, she called me and Roy and, and you know, raw crying and, and you know, uh, but kind of the first thing, she said and we all said "Is like look we're about to make a really great record so we have to proceed with this so at that point she could still she could still move uh you know she could still walk um she could still talk uh but it was starting to get a little slurry in fact she she pointed out to she pointed out about about a month before that she was cleaning out her space and she's like hey i want to drop off the merch cube like can I store the muff merch at your house? You know? And I can Kim was sober. She didn't drink, uh, at this point, but I remember like saying to her and I knew she wasn't, but I'm like, are you drunk right now? She sounded a little slurry to me. Right. She's like, no. And, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and she admitted later that like she had said the same thing to her dad when he was starting to come down with symptoms. <sighs> uh, so that was a sign. Anyway, uh, This is October, uh, you know, and at this point, right after this, we got an offer from the dream syndicate to play two shows, uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco with them on their, they had newly reformed at that point. And, um, we took the shows and we, we thought we'll have a friend play guitar. Kim can't play guitar. We'll have a friend play. Kim will just sing. I know it's a little weird, but you know, and basically by, by November, about a month before the shows, um. Kim was saying you know my voice really isn't and we're like do we you know do you just say the word we need to cancel these shows she's like yeah I think we need to cancel the shows
0: yeah because if uh, you're not going to be able if she, you know if she's not going to be able to deliver it the way she wants to deliver it and it's it's, I mean oh god what a horrifying
2: yeah. situation yeah so that happened and then cut to December um, we knew at this point okay well she's not going to be able to sing like we thought she would be and uh she definitely we know she can't play so we're going to have to kind of build up around uh these demos uh and and the demos like um so we went in a room and we recorded real drum we went into a real when i say a real room it's, it was like a home studio um used our longtime engineer steve Holroyd to kind of oversee uh and recorded roy playing drums to these demos now 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 these de- these demos were not obviously kim didn't know this was the record so there are timing <laughs> <Right>. things <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there, there are always compared it to the making of Sid Barrett's Madcap Last where they kind of had to adhere to weird timing and stuff here and there um,
0: yeah stuff that you don't think about twice when you're making a demo ends up becoming something that you have to think about quite a bit when you're making a record when
2: yeah and some were recorded better than others some were, were that the vocal was not loud um, um, so uh, yeah, so, so we went on and Kim oversaw the production of making this record and we had a, we had a few songs that were fully produced that we had that were not, i don't want to call them outtakes cause they're great songs. Uh, a couple didn't make Whoopi do uh, a couple of them. We were heartbroken. Didn't make Whoopi do, but, uh, uh, again, you know how that is. You're putting together a record and sometimes yeah. strong tracks don't necessarily make the record cause they don't fit it for some fit. reason. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's that's
0: part of just knowing how to make a record too.
2: Yeah, so we had some of those, and we, we built some of these, and 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 you know, I came in and played bass in her house. We got our friend Karen from the Pandoras to kind of engineer my my overdubs and some guitar. We got our friend Adam Sherry to kind of do some guitar overdubs, and uh, and uh and we put together this record, No Holiday, and it's uh, uh I, I remember. While we were making it, I, I was like, "Oh my god, will this sound like a record?" Because everything is, every, yeah. every song is literally going to sound different to each other. But uh, you know, it came together, and we listened to it, and we're like, "Oh my god, we made a beautiful record!" And so, uh, it's kind of almost like a,
0: in a way, almost kind of plays like a best of or something because there's like a little bit of like all a bunch of different things that you guys did. Yeah, but it's very unique in its own quality too.
2: No, no, and it's it, not to simplify our other records, but it's different. It's the one that's very d- different than our other records, and um, it hangs together like a record. I mean, you can tell, you know, to the songs and, and a couple of them are just Kim on guitar, like the last song. But anyway, um, yeah, it, and so, you know, during the whole, and, and, and as is well documented now, Kim did not come out publicly with her illness.
3: Right.
2: So uh, it was two years of kind of knowing uh you know that there would not be a happy ending uh to this and that our band was done and uh um, and kim was still around when we were kind of when the record when we got a release date and stuff uh kim kim was still around um and and we were i remember you know uh to uh kind of publicize a record you, you kind of send out press three months ahead of time and all this stuff and 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 at the time it was kind of like okay i know people will understand this record one day but um you know at that point it was like the bus, new record is coming out and you know, yeah, we like to feel these demos. So we thought we'd just kind of finish them off and make it in yeah, a different what you, way. Exactly.
0: It's good. It's, it, whereas what you're actually doing is something completely different. Yeah. 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 And, and the, with like, which and higher the, stakes.
2: Yeah. And even down to the cover, the cover is us at, at that show in Buenos Aires, kind of doing a, a good night bow from behind to the, yeah. this large crowd we played to,
0: which has entirely and, different meaning when you understand.
2: Exactly. And so when we first kind of like, we're kind of publicizing a new app, people are questioning, is it a live album? I mean, you know, and, just kind of had to bite my tongue. And then some people started writing about it, talking about it. Like it was a bunch of old tracks, which was driving me and Roy and Kim crazy because, uh, yeah. no, it's not what this is. Uh, it's not odds and sides. You know, the fact that one track was written in 92 early on was blown and out of proportion. There were like, these are old tracks like laying around. And, um, again, I knew it would be understood one day, but you know, and then, you know, Kim, uh, passed away about three weeks before it came out. So, uh, it was not calculated that it would come out after her death, but it, it came out shortly thereafter. And and at that point people, yeah, it was understood. And, and like I was saying earlier, I mean, uh, you know, Kim's death made like the news in Ireland. Like, I mean, it's just unbelievable stuff. Right. Like, like, um, I mean, you know, and then she she made the memorial and the Grammys Death, you know, which, you know, Mark Hollis didn't make, you know, I, I from Talk Talk. I mean, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I
0: just it's, it's, I mean, as much as again, just what we talked about way earlier is as I'm sure yeah. it's wonderful to get that recognition. It's but it's also like, oh. That would have been cool to have while she was around too. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, but you know,
2: but still I it's
0: nice obviously. It's it's Look, it's,
2: I can't I can't touring. complain. Even and even during our latter touring years that I was talking about I it was it's hard for bands to fill a club these days. So I never took it for granted that we were able to fly towns and fill clubs still and and you know, sell them out and 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 I again not that we're playing like arenas, but you know, um You know, in this day and age, it's it's really tough to do. So, you know, I'm proud of every, almost every second of our career.
0: Yeah, and And you and you had an amazing career, and it's 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 actually an amazing, it's a really wonderful ass record, I think, and it's very brave, and I'm I'm glad you guys did it.
2: No, thanks. Which I have not, I have not heard it in a while. Yeah, no, it's worth a lot, actually. I, I, you know, it's emotional for me, obviously. So I, I. uh, I need to play it. I need to play it again one of these days, but yeah, we were, you know, during, during Kim's last few months, you know, we, we had a, she had a machine that would read her eyeball, kind of like an, kind of like an iPad. That yeah. would, she was able to construct sentences. And so she did have a, you know, an online presence and stuff and was able to communicate. Um, you know, texting was out and it turned out it was easier for her to, to communicate on Viber. So we, we, we have these Viber group messages and, 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 if you read back, me, Roy, and her, all we do is tell each other, like, "Man, we made a great record," you know, uh, during our last few months. Like, she was really proud of it, and we're all proud of it,
0: which is awesome. I mean, that's it's, yeah, it's, it's it's really cool that casual to make that happen. I hate to end on such a sour note. Uh, I mean, it's not a sour note, but like, such a no, 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 like, no, no. I mean, but you know, it's also the elephant in the room. You know, like what? If, I'm some... it, it
2: almost it almost can't help but be, but but you know, yeah, Kim like Kim lived a great life. She lived it on her own terms, her whole life. Uh, you know, besides the, besides obviously getting sick, but you know, even during her sickness, she like, she still smiled. She still laughed at the same stuff. Um, you know, she was a pure, pure soul. And I, and I know a lot of the fans know that and stuff. So thanks for, yeah. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been great having you on, Ronnie. Thanks thanks so much for doing it and uh, thanks for sharing. It's it's uh.
2: Thank you, Conan.
0: It's uh, a <laughs> up up down all around, and uh, I appreciate that. It's it won't be five years for the next time. How about that?
2: No, no, no. I you know <laughs> again. You know, I, I was wondering if you had Jerry Casali on, to be honest. Right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's when you arrived. That's when you arrived. Oh, Good
0: I th- I suddenly my schedule suddenly cleared up.
2: <laughs> damn i gotta get on the show now
0: so. all right brother appreciate anyway
2: buddy thanks a lot okay I'll appreciate talk to you, you man thanks all right bye
0: there he goes mr ronnie barnett mr ronnie barnett Okay. Looks like we're going a little longer. Uh, no problem. Let's play. Uh, let's play when the songs. I have no holiday. <sighs> uh, let's see. Let's see the title track.
1: You're no holiday. What do you do? I'm over it Maybe I'm a trooper
0: snow holiday and then that last one was a song called Sky which is the last song on the last Mouse record and uh, yeah heavy end but yeah as uh, being real that's what matters it's totally true there's I really appreciate Ronnie's time and I thought that was really cool him. so you can get that record it's pretty new it's in all the normal places you find records. <laughs> That's all the rest of the muff stuff. There's uh, some reissues and stuff happening. That's exciting. Are we going? Is this thing on? Woo! Okay. <laughs> the name of the show is Coda Neutrons Spartanic Reversal. Thank you for listening,
3: Dylan.
0: The show airs on Radio Note, ostensibly Thursdays. But this has been another Stay at Home Edition. Mr. Ron Barnett. As
1: we come to the close of our broadcast
0: day. radioneutron.com for the archives. This
3: is my farewell transmission.
0: If you want the podcast sooner, patreon.com slash Bratonic Reversal. Dollar a month will get you there.
1: Mrs. America, all the ships at sea.
0: No sponsors, no ads, no problem.
1: Anyone within the sound of my voice.
0: Got a busy week coming up. I've got 50,000 watts of power. Another week of quarantine episodes. Got Tad Doyle tomorrow. Ryan Christopher Parks at B. Hamilton Tuesday Martin Atkins at PIL on Thursday And Big Face and like a bunch of other stuff
1: This microphone turns sound into electricity Can you hear me now?
0: Stay safe out Out there
1: Route 128, Dark and Lonely
0: Take it easy.
1: I got my radio. Take on. it easy. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's It's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Radio.